Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pat, the Cast Right Catholic Podcast. Started this with my best bud, Jan Karaczynski, and we are best friends on a quest to become fully alive. We want to, as St. Paul says, embrace the life that is truly life. And we just want to invite you into our friendship so that together we can learn how to have friendship with Christ, walking with him under the Father's blessing, and so embracing the complete joy of him who makes all things new. So it's Good Friday. Um, Yesterday, John and I posted a discussion, a conversation between the two of us on the Last Supper. And so today, I just kind of wanted to really press into the passion of Christ and, and offer a short reflection on Christ picking up his cross and what that means for us and for our crosses. So one of the things I love about the Triduum and I love about these three days, and Good Friday in particular, is the focus on Christ's body. I mean, we know in Christianity we have the incarnation and God becomes man is really at the center, the core mystery of Christianity, that God took on a body, but we don't usually actually focus on his body. A lot of times when we're reading the gospel, we're focused on what he's teaching or what he's doing. Now he's saying a parable. Now he's giving a sermon on the mount. Now he's healing the blind man. But we don't really focus on the body of Christ. And then suddenly, during his passion, it takes center stage. And we talked about this a little bit in our podcast yesterday. But throughout the entire gospel, Christ's body is consistently, constantly evading the grasp of the Pharisees, of his, those who, who want to stop him in his mission. In John chapter 2, It says that Christ did not entrust himself to them because he knew what was in man. And then later in the Gospel of John, it says that he evaded their grasp. They tried to lay hands on him, but they couldn't. And then suddenly in the Garden of Gethsemane, after Christ at the Last Supper says, this is my body given for you, the Gospel says they seized him. They laid hands on him. And seized him. And so yesterday when we were talking in in our conversation, we mentioned that the Last Supper, Holy Thursday, is the night of the given body. That Christ gives his body. He gives it to the Father's work. And Good Friday is the day of no take-backs. Christ's body is given, and he refuses to take it back no matter what we do to it. He's given his body to the work of the Father. And what is the work of the Father? It's to build a home for the beloved. Christ is the beloved of the Father. And so even at the incarnation, at Christ's conception, we see that God the good Father has prepared a home for his Son on earth in the womb of the Virgin Mary. But the Father wants to prepare a home for all those who belong to his Son as well. And so Christ is going to plunge into our humanity to gather all of us into himself so that we can have a home eternally with a good Father in heaven. He comes into our humanity and he absorbs all of it, all of the joys, all of the excitement, all of the good parts, the natural parts, friendship, 
every bit and piece of our humanity and also and especially the struggles and the difficulties. Our entire lives, he claims them on the cross. I believe that as Christ is going through his passion, he thought of every single person. He thought of you at a specific moment and he thought of me at a specific moment. And at that moment, your entire life and my entire life flashed before his eyes. Every up and down, every difficulty, every hurt feeling, every sadness, every grief, every loneliness, every anger, every sin, it all flashed before his eyes. And he said, it's mine now. I claim it. And he absorbed it into his body. And that's the body that we receive at Mass. That's the body we adore in the Eucharist. That's the body we say yes to at communion. That's the body presented to us every single time we go to church. The body that grieved our grief before us. The body that suffered our loneliness before us. The body that absorbed our diseases, our cancers, our physical struggles before us the body that endured our anxiety, that conquered our anger, the body that became sin, that swallowed death and conquered it all. That's the body. That's the body of Jesus Christ that we adore and receive. That's the body at the center of this Paschal mystery. And so why did he do it? Why did he do it? because it's who he is. Christ, his truest identity, his deepest, the deepest reality of who he is as the son of the father, become flesh. He is your savior. He is your Lord. He is the lover of your soul. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Christ picks up the cross because it's who he is and he cannot, he will not deny himself. And so this is where I want to focus today is in picking up the cross. Christ is most fully himself. Yesterday, one of the questions we asked during our conversation and might have been the question that we closed with was imagining Christ's question on Holy Thursday. How do I live out the reality of the Father's meaning for my life? How do I live out the reality of the Father's meaning for for my life? Good Friday gives the answer. It's in picking up the cross that Christ embraces fully the truth of who he is, embraces fully the Father's meaning for his life. My mind actually started to open to that after a conversation with a good friend who's in um, my men's group at, at church. His name's Doug, and we had a core team meeting where we were just going to try to sketch out what the group was going to be doing over the course of a couple months. And Doug is really deep, mystical guy, and he went and prayed the rosary before the meeting, and afterwards we were talking. And he was deeply struck by the mystery, the sorrowful mystery of Christ picking up the cross. Of Christ leaning over and picking up the cross. And I remember when he was talking to me about it and he said, imagine Christ bending down 
and his finger touching the wood, and maybe it was olive wood, but the wood would have been so familiar to him from years and years of working in Joseph's carpentry shop. And a flash of memories must have emerged within Christ at the time. He thinks of Joseph, his earthly father, Christ, the son of man, the son of a carpenter, Jesus Christ, Joseph's son. But that's not all. As He lifts it and feels its weight pressing into his hands, tugging on his wounded shoulders. There's another flash, and he thinks of Isaac and Abraham in the Old Testament. And Isaac, the only son of his father to be sacrificed. Christ, the fulfillment of the Isaac prototype. He thinks of his true father, the father in heaven. Christ, the eternal son of the father. Christ, the son of God. And then a ram appears in the thorns in the story of Isaac and Abraham. A ram to go in place of Isaac. Christ's crown of thorns shifts on his head. He is the ram. Christ, the lamb of God. Christ, the sacrifice. Christ, the atonement. Christ, the great reconciler. He moves across to his shoulder and the tree presses into his skin. He binds himself to it. He is the tree. Like the psalmist writes, the tree must be planted by streams of living water. He is the tree. And from within himself, he's going to pour forth living water on the cross. Christ, the tree of life. Christ, the living water. Christ, the intimacy of man and God in the garden restored. And so when Christ picks up his cross, he is most fully himself. When Christ picks up the cross, he embraces the full reality of who he is. He embraces the true and deepest meaning of his life. In a moment of tremendous suffering, yes, but of astonishing fulfillment, of complete fruition. Christ, in the moment he picks up the cross, is fully Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph, son of God, lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world and restores the tree of life and the garden of humanity's intimacy with the Father. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us when we say, pick up your cross? That's what Jesus tells us in the gospel. He says, unless you pick up your cross daily and deny yourself and follow me, you're not going to have any life. That's what the disciple does. But oftentimes I feel like when we say, pick up your cross, we talk about the difficult things in our life. We talk about picking up the difficult things in our life. And so sometimes we start saying, well, we have many crosses. I have lots of tiny crosses. You know, I have that difficult person at work. They're a cross. I have um, this anxiety that I struggle with. That's a cross. I suffered through this eating disorder. That's a cross. I have depression. That's a cross. But the truth is, those are not our crosses. Now give me a minute to explain. You see, the difficult things in our life are not what the cross is. The cross to Jesus Christ wasn't just some hard thing he had to suffer. It wasn't just some bad thing that happened to him that he had to embrace. The cross revealed the deepest meaning of his life. The cross was the truest meaning of who he was. 
and embracing it, he became fully himself. Our cross is not the difficult things. It's the far more difficult thing of claiming our belovedness in the midst of that difficult thing, of that hard experience. The hard things that happen to us are suffering, our struggles. Those are the unique ways that a broken world collides with our life. But if we start to believe that that is our cross, we start to think that that is our destiny. Well, I'm just, this is just how it is for me. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to just have to be sad for the rest of my life. This is my lot. This is what I get. Jesus said, pick it up. So I'm just going to pick up my sadness, pick up my loneliness, pick up my cancer, pick up my disease, pick up my frustration every day and carry it around like a sentence, like my fate. And that's not what our cross is. Our cross is the belovedness that is ours because of Jesus Christ. Our cross is claiming that we are beloved sons and daughters of God despite whatever circumstances we encounter in our lives. So what I mean by that, or I guess to explain a little bit more, is if our cross, like Jesus' cross, is to embrace the Father's meaning for our life, the Father's meaning for your life emerges from your claiming of His love for you in the midst of a fallen world. Because when we do that, we become witnesses. The meaning of your life is that you are a parable of God's love. You're a story. Your life is a story that God is telling to the world about His love for you. That's the meaning of your life. And when we claim that belovedness, we really do become witnesses of Jesus Christ. We become witnesses of the love of a good father for us. Our cross is the two crisscrossing beams of faith and hope. And when we cling to faith and hope, it reveals the love of God. And that's the meaning of your life. You are an unrepeatably unique manifestation of God's love to the world. You are a story that has never been told and will never be told again. And whatever happens to you in your life, your meaning never changes, but emerges constantly from your willingness to continue claiming God's love for you in the midst of your difficulty. And that is really, really hard, but you've got to pick it up every single day. Denying ourselves, when Christ says, deny yourself and pick up your cross, Denying ourselves is refusing to believe the narrative that our suffering and our struggling tempts us and invites us to believe. That when we're struggling with X, Y, or Z, whatever it might be, we're tempted to believe something about our lives. We're tempted to believe that we are unlovable. We're tempted to believe we are destined for loneliness. We're tempted to believe that we're forgotten, unappreciated, unloved, unknown, uncared for. And that is a lie. And you've got to deny that. It's also, it's also denying our own attempts to define the meaning of our lives and, and our own self-importance. That we have a plan 
in our minds and in our hearts of what we really want our life to look like. We have something and it sounds great because we think, God, if I can do this, I really think it's going to glorify you. God, you're really going to like what I have in mind. You've got to deny your own attempts to commandeer God's meaning for your life. Because the truer meaning that emerges when you surrender to his love and submit to his will and receive all the difficult things in your life as opportunities to claim your belovedness and so manifest God's goodness, be a witness of hope and faith and love to the world, your life has far more meaning than anything you could have orchestrated or organized or designed for yourself. It's a hard thing to wrap our heads around at first because we really do have to embrace the difficult things in our life, but not embracing them as if they're our cross, but embracing them as opportunities to reveal the truth of who we are in the midst of that difficulty. And when we do that, we give hope to other people who are suffering in their own way. And so denying ourselves also means that we don't try to run away from the difficult things in our life because we're afraid of them. It doesn't mean it means that we don't try to create some utopia for ourselves that we can live in, trying to evade all struggle and difficulty, but we can actually humbly surrender ourselves every day to our circumstances because we know we know that from within them through the goodness and the love of God is going to be an incredible story that's going to give hope to the world and that is a lot of powerful meaning his cross is our cross we are yoked to him his cross means that we are beloved and we don't have to be afraid. His cross means the story will make sense in the end. Trust, keep moving. Don't be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. His cross means the whole thing, this whole story ends with a wedding feast by a glassy sea. His cross means that if we can claim his love for us today and every day, if we can surrender to his love today and every day despite our circumstances, refusing to believe the lies that the world, the flesh, and the devil tempt us to believe about ourselves and our world and God himself and the meaning of our lives, if we can deny those things and surrender to him and claim our belovedness, then our lives are going to be tremendous witnesses Tremendous signs to the world that there is a love stronger than death. That there is a body that has swallowed all of our struggles and redeemed them within himself. That's the mystery that we press into and celebrate today. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, thank you. Thank you for all those who are listening and tuning in. And thank you most of all that on this day, 2,000 years ago, you said no takebacks, that you gave your body and you refused to take it back no matter what was done to it. And so you absorbed all of our lives, all of our struggling, all of our suffering into yourself and you redeemed it. And now in the midst of whatever circumstances we encounter, 
looking at your cross, we can know that we are loved beyond our wildest imagining. And claiming that love, we can give hope to others in the midst of their struggle. Father, I ask on this day that you also have mercy on all those who are lonely, all those who are sick and struggling with the pandemic, and any other suffering that anyone listening has. Thank you, God. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And thank you all for tuning in and continuing to listen. I'm praying for you guys, and I hope that you have a really fruitful Good Friday and fruitful Easter season.